Hi, folks. Welcome to Follow the Leader, a podcast focused on telling character-driven stories through the use of GM-less tabletop games where we can all take the lead. You can find us on Twitter at FTLCast and at FTLCast.com. We also have Patreon at patreon.com slash FTLCast. Today we're playing Karma by Frenzy Kitty Games. For those of you who are new to this game, here are the basics. Karma is a narrative story creation game about people surviving in difficult circumstances where the goal is to tell and partake in amazing stories with your friends. It is part theater, part storytelling, and part role-playing game. Unlike traditional role-playing games, Karma focuses on collaborative storytelling rather than having one player function as the game master. In Karma, everyone will contribute equally to the telling of the story by acting out scenes and role-playing them with the other players. There is also no winner or loser in Karma. The prize is an amazing dramatic story that you and your friends will remember for a long time to come. We'll also be playing this game with a bit of a twist, using some elements from Mobile Frame Zero Firebrands by Vincent Baker and some of its hacks during play. Anyway, I'm August, and you can find me on Twitter at HarpyDora, and my pronouns are they, them. Playing with me today, we have Sam. Hi, I'm Sam. You can find me on Twitter at SAKalo, and you can find the art that I do at www.samkalo.art. I use he, him pronouns. We're also joined by Jade. Hi, I'm Jade. You can find me most places on the internet at jadeoxfordrose, and I use they, them pronouns. And Zach. Hello, my name is Zachary Fredrickson. You can find me on Twitter at Obviously and God. You can find the music I make at IamBugBear.BandCamp.com, and I use he, him pronouns. And last but certainly not least, we are joined by Mac. Hello, I'm Mac. You can find me on the internet wherever you get good content at Citadel of Swords. Yeah, I think that's all I got. <laughs> Our lines, things we absolutely do not want to see, are homophobia and transphobia, racism, sexism, anti-Semitism, violence against children and animals, sexual assault, domestic violence or intimate partner violence, unwanted pregnancy, and plagues and pandemics. Our veils, things we're fine with addressing but will just fade to black on, are steamy situations, graphic descriptions of bodily harm, and terminal illness. Content warning for this game also includes mentions of disordered eating. Now that we've got all that, let's get started. We open on... Sabriel. Hunched over a desk, late at night, hair spilling around their shoulders. It's coming close to the end now. There are people gathered in this room. They're chatting quietly. Sabriel is pointing at something on the table. Somebody comes in, whispers in their ear. They sigh, push their hair back, sit down for a second, and then shake their head. Stand up. Everybody in the room turns to them like sunflowers facing the sun. It's time. It's now or never. The camera pushes through a wall, follows along a corridor over some poorly repaired floorboards and down a rickety staircase uh, into a cellar of some sorts. One end of it is completely dark. At the other, we see Nezumi Kazel. Her face is 
twisted in concentration as their head tilts to one side, clearly listening. In their hands is a tablet of sorts, like a drawing tablet, um, and they have a stylus, and they are transcribing what it is that they're hearing. And the camera pushes in, and it's like pushes in and in, and it's like we're inside Nezani's head, and it's so, so loud. And it's like a radio is being tuned in. It gradually gets clearer, but it's hard to hear through all this overlapping information. It's like trying to swim through molasses. It's exhausting. But you hear with a moment of startling clarity. We know where they are. We can't let this continue. Camera pulls out uh, to see Nezami opening fair eyes. One, a normal eyes you would expect to see it, just dark irises. The other, totally black, weeping liquid that stains the skin below it a deep, dark, bluish black. And they look down at the tablet. In fair hands, there is written, now or never. And Cordelia is somewhere else. It's dark, it's nighttime. There is a big city center. Uh, Maybe near the outskirts of that, we see a sort of window washing apparatus hanging off of the edge of a building Uh, but there is no cleaning supplies in it instead there is a sniper blind set up as Cordelia Waite Smith looking through a scope watches the movements of troops and troop transports and important material being moved in and out of the stronghold that the uh, enemy has on this moon. Cordelia has one earbud in playing ambient post-rock. The other one is a sub-vocal microphone taped to her neck as she scans a group of VIPs stepping off of a heavily armored transport and sees among them central with soldiers on either side like walls of a great castle a woman very familiar to her a woman she has been chasing for two years Lilamita Nightingale and Cordelia taps the transceiver on her neck says I've got eyes it's now or never the camera shifts from the building from the sniper blind swoops down the windows and lands on the street follows the main thoroughfare 
for a little bit and then turns down an alley that's darkened but vaguely lit by the neon glow of the signs across from it where Galador is waiting and once Galador sees what Blade's looking for, Blade starts to move. I think that Vi can recognize a hunter when Vi sees Blade and there's just the faint you remember this feeling from when you had the shard of Vi attached to you, where Vi is following you in your shadow. And Galador doesn't look at Blade's shadow, just kind of whispers to the wind, Queen, you may be interested in where we're going. I'm always interested in where you're going. Galador kind of smirks and says we're going to meet a familiar face and then blade like jumps up and grabs the bottom of a fire escape and starts scaling the side of a building it's a kind of rundown apartment building and blade finds the window that blade's looking for uh inside the room is dark and this apartment building is old so Blade's able to use a knife to, like, prise the window open so that Blade can get in. And inside, we see a face that Vi would recognize as poor, poor Solomon Ash. Poor, poor Solomon Ash. And I don't think that they're asleep when Blade slips into their room. And Blade just says to them, you have to choose who you serve. It's now or never. Right. So um, one of the things that um, if longtime listeners probably already know about Karma is uh, it comes with various play sets that you can use to kind of guide how uh, your your world gets built and, and what setting you're playing in. But it also comes with the ability to create your own play sets. 
which uh, we have done before. So if you're and we'll uh, do it again. <laughs> yeah, we sure will. Yeah, that's that's yeah. a promise, not a threat. Um, <laughs> it's both. It's a little bit of a threat. It's yeah. both. It's a promise and a threat. I think our first time with Karma, we used an unedited playset. Our second time, we heavily edited it, and this time, we we've got fully written our own. No, oh, we wow. we used we used a playset as written. We made our own. We we did some minor edits to one playset. We did some minor edits to another playset, and now we're we're on our own again. Oh, I missed I missed counted our Karma adventures. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I've only played Karma on the podcast the one time, so <laughs> I guess I wasn't present for the other ones. And I've never done it. This is my third time playing it on the podcast. I finally hit our Karma quota. Yep. <laughs> I hit, I hit, I played Karma once for dumb kids, so I have a bonus You have uh, a bonus, a bonus karma. experience. <laughs> yeah, the last time I played Karma was the Dungeon Dilemma. Was with, was with, uh... That's the Karma I forgot. Way back. So... Mac, so you played Karma with Dumb Kids, which is an Animorphs actual play podcast. Yes, I did. So As would a... you say that you were a Karma, 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 Karma oh, chameleon? Oh, fuck off! Uh... <laughs> okay, that's it. Building. The recording's over. The, the recording's <laughs> Let's over. Let's go to <laughs> I want to introduce our play set. Um, yes. As we went to the effort of writing it. Um, yes, please do, Jake. So, this uh, playset we've dubbed A World About to Dawn, and it's very sort of inspired by uh, the barricades of Les Mis and other sort of pre-revolution, like the night before the big stand, like very sort of, arguably it's got a little bit of Blackadder Goes Forth kind of energy, just something, we're on the cusp of something, something that may be earth-shattering. So, mm -hmm. and we got a, and um, if anyone wants to play with this, let us know and we'll share the PDF with you or the Google Drive. Uh, but yeah, revolution is in the air, um, but it's not here yet. And, and uh, um, yeah, sorry, go ahead, Jade. No, no, just, uh, now we can just go into the world building questions. Yeah. So part of the, the playset is we have a set of questions that we have to answer to kind of build our setting in our world. Uh, and we each take turns uh, answering these questions. So we each answered, um, I think it shook out to we each answered two, except for Mac, you only got one. But And of um, course, I got the hardest one to answer. Yeah. <laughs> but it is well, what it is. It's fine. It's fine. So, uh, starting with uh, Sam. Here we go. So, the first world building question we have is Who is the power you're striking back at? And the answer is Empyrean, powerful colonizers seeking to bring about the end of the universe through the use of highly advanced genetic and physical experimental superhumans. They're playing with powers far beyond themselves and they're hurting innocents to do it. They must be stopped. What are we hoping to achieve? Well, Empyrean, they crave order and structure. They force us into certain ways of being. They cultivate humanity into what they think it should be and shape it into their image. They do not have the right and it will not stand. We will root out this poison and purge it. Then freedom shall reign and all shall thrive. Not just a select few and their hidden agendas. 
where are we making our stand and what is our base of operations? Uh, and I wrote, bolt holes, safe houses, back rooms, and back alleys. We come together under cover of night and we make our stand through sudden guerrilla action. And this brings us to the question that we left to Mac, uh, which is arguably one of the harder questions to answer here. And I know, Mac, you had said that you kind of wanted to talk it out with the group. Yeah, I have an, I have an impulse now that I have, like, answers to the other questions. Um, so this is, why is this where you choose to make a stand? My impulse is to say, we don't have any other choice. This is just where it happens to be. But I am opening the floor up because I'm like, really? We're going we're gonna to make me answer this question? <laughs> The the person with the character who's the least involved in this whole thing. <laughs> I, there's something I like about, given what we've established about where these stands have been made, and I like it being out of necessity, because if we don't yeah. make the stand here, we're not going to get another chance. The time is now, so the place is here. Oh, I am just singing one day more now. We're just, we're just gonna get Les Mis everywhere. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Don't worry. I've never seen it, so I can't possibly get it anywhere. Same. <laughs> I accidentally reference Homestuck, so don't think that you are immune. <laughs> me, me sitting here, head in hands, having seen Les Mis twice in the span of two months when I was a teenager. Yeah. You are so valid. I'm totally normal about Les Mis at all times. I, I'm one of those people that spent um three or four months looping the soundtrack at every opportunity when I needed something to fill silence. So I'm also extremely normal about Les Mis. Great. Cool. All but right. Ne necessity. Yeah. Necessity is good. It's it's here or it's not happening. Well, it sounds like there's they must they must be gearing up for something big that, that needs to get headed off at the pass. Or they're coming after us. Ooh. Like, they've been trying to shut this shit down, and maybe they know where we are, and we just have, if we have the knowledge that they are coming, so now is when it's got to push back. Sure. We don't know. We can explore this in play. I'm doing a very elaborate gesture with my hand. I believe you. Thank you. It's very, uh, Jareth the Goblin King. Nice. Which is, you know, one of my aspirations every day. All right. I have written, uh, is it because we're heading them off at the pass or because they're coming down on us? Play to find out. So. Hell yeah. That's your question. Are we well equipped? Do we have enough people? Uh, Sabriel has been working for years to pre prepare for this eventuality, but they're always more of, quote, them than, quote, us but we've made strategic alliances such that we're not entirely without equipment and firepower. It just doesn't quite match what our opponents can bring to bear. What do the masses think of this revolution? Are they behind the cause, or have those in power been successful in painting us as the bad guys? Uh, the masses are generally in support of revolution, although there's always those willing to bend to evil to ensure their own safety. And there's no guarantee that people who are generally in support will actually come to help fight when it comes down to it. So the answer to the question, is our group of one mind or are you a collection of differing ideals gathered under one banner? A large contingent of the larger group, as opposed to like our core little group, believe in Sabriel and will follow where he guides them. 
but not everyone. The banner, though, is big enough for more than just the compass and their ilk. And when there is a shared goal, that is enough for people to band together for, even if they disagree on the specifics. And finally, bring us home, Zachary. Yes. So the question is, how does this group usually operate? What makes this stand different? We've always been a motley crew. We first came together to escape from prison, and the aura of criminality has always followed us when we come together. Maybe this time we're putting that criminal bent to proper ends. Before we move on to this question, and this, August, you may want to cut this out. Optional. Can we establish how fa- what the fantasy sci-fi divide is? Because last we left, everyone was on screen was jumping through a portal. So just before we start mentioning lasers and whatever, like what level of tech and or magic are we looking at here before we start role-playing scenes? I like the idea of it being sci-fantasy. Like, both things... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I like the idea of, like, I'm sorry, some Homestuck bullshit <laughs> um, where there's magic and also, like, highly advanced technology. <laughs> I'm certainly down with that. And I like the notion of it being like an amalgamation of the worlds we've been in so far with the arcs. It was more yeah. just I wanted yeah. to make sure that we were all of the similar going in at, at, from the same direction. That is a good instinct. Uh, if I like, are we in a town on a planet or are we on a space station? I'd say town, a city makes the most sense. And they can just be this mix of tech and magic. Sure. Hell yeah. May I, may I posit that maybe we're on a moon though, just because yeah. being on a moon is cool. Moons are it fun. Is. It's true. Yeah. Moons are fun. I think maybe we're on in like, a fairly sizable colony on the moon, on a moon, maybe. Yeah. Most of me. I like the idea that this is like, since, since we're leaning into sort of Les Mis theming, like, it's a big, it's a big city, but it's still like, not, you know, maybe skyscrapers. You know what I mean? But it's got a portal. Mm-hmm. It's big enough to warrant having a portal or a gate. Yes. A gate? Like a stargate kind of a vibe, like a jump gate. Yeah. Sure. Could it be magic? It could be magic. It could be technology. It could be both. But yeah, a, a way that people get here. Well, yeah. Depends on you ask who you're asking. Depends yeah. on who you're asking. But yeah, cool. So we're established some parameters just so as we go into these scenes. Um, yeah, it's been two years since we've seen these people. Possibly longer for Cordelia. Yeah. Fun times. And while it's very clear that this is the movie to our six arcs in a movie, and you all almost certainly know who we're playing, I think now is a good time to introduce our characters as they stand now. Starting with Sam, and you'd better read your description verbatim. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. <laughs> okay, so, um, the name, the name of the character is Sabriel Cohen. My role is the martyr. The description, the only thing I wrote in description was tired, crungly. Uh, <laughs> Correct. His virtue is generous, but his vice is, is that he is rash. His relationships with Nezemi, it is strained. 
Cordelia, it is reluctantly cordial. Uh, with Vi, it is secretive. And with Galador, it is romantic, of course. The questions asked of me are, why are you here? Because somebody has to be. Do you think the revolution will succeed? I can't afford to not believe in our success. Is this a cause you're willing to die for? If not, is there something that would make it worth giving your life for? Yes. Is there anybody you wish was here? Why aren't they? The only person I need is here with me. Wow, I'm gonna be sick. (laughs) (laughs) What do you have to lose if the revolution fails? What do you have to gain if it succeeds? Everything. Hell yeah. Short and to the point. Yeah. Sabriel is never short. He's always tall. It's true. He is very, very tall. (laughs) Gangly man. Person. All right. I am once again playing Nezami Kazel, Fair Fair Pronouns, or any, but however you like. And Fair Role is the strategist in their late 30s. They're on the shorter side with a slim build, has a sharp gaze and fast hands. Long dark hair threaded with silver and a side shave and a scalp tattoo of a flowering vine studded with cybernetic implants. One eye is an entire is entirely an inky black. Their virtue is pragmatic. Their vice is selfish. Relationships. Cordelia is strained and then in brackets uh, romantic. Uh, with Vi is shared secrets. With Galador is respectful. And with Sabriel is reluctantly cordial and in brackets untrusting. Fair. Why am I here? Where else would I be? Sure, I could be hiding somewhere, but that won't exactly get me anywhere fast. This way I get to influence how it all turns out. Do I think the revolution will succeed? If conviction was enough to win, then I wouldn't even question it. As it stands, I think it will succeed at changing things, but that will be true however it plays out. Is this a course I'm willing to die for? If not, is there something that would make it worth giving my life for? As long as things stay as they are now, with those people in power, my life is at risk. If they're looking to imprison me or kill me, then I might as well make them fight me for it. Is there anyone you wish were here? Why aren't they? Uh, The word my starts the sentence, but has been crossed out. Um, You all all deserve to know this, as do our listeners. Um, The old Cordelia, how she used to be. And she isn't here because I haven't figured out how to restore her memories yet. And what do I have to lose if the revolution fails? What do I have to gain if it succeeds? To lose my freedom, useful allies, the opportunity I need to rebuild. If it succeeds, what will I gain? Oh, many things. Zachary. Yes, hello. I will be playing once more. The last time. Cordelia Waite-Smith. The role I picked was the leader. I also wrote, or the skeptic if Sabriel picks leader. So kind of both in the middle of those two. Description. She's a skeptical leader. But she's like, well, somebody's got to, Sabriel's going to be a a, a religious icon. <laughs> somebody's got to be a, a fucking, like, <laughs> troops on the ground, like, <laughs> captain, commander. <laughs> um, so funny. <laughs> Uh, a description, tall, rangy, dyed black hair showing roots of red, a trusty leather jacket regained and re-equipped. 
<laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Her virtue is courageous. Her vice is vengeful. Uh, relationships Nezumi is strained. Parentheses slash romantic. Uh, Tavai is devoted, but doesn't know why. Galador is respectful uh, of, of, of Blade's strength and skill, uh, if not Blade's priorities. Uh, <laughs> and Sabriel is reluctantly cordial slash untrusting because last time Sabriel and Corilla you know, worked together, Sabriel was a, was, was a wild card who like attacked a city planning office or something. She doesn't know all the details, but it sounds like Sabriel's kind of... Uh, kind of a loose cannon (laughs) so fair yeah he wasn't doing great during that game (laughs) what did i hear about you blowing up a church don't worry about it don't worry about it (laughs) just a little bit of arson it's Uh, fine yes uh cordelia has nothing to do with has no issues with force but she believes in the proper and and focused application of it uh all right anyway my questions. Why are you here? Vi and Nezumi are putting their necks in the line. I can't very well let them do it alone. Do you think the resolution will succeed? It's gonna have to. Uh, <laughs> is this a cause you're willing to die for? If not, is there something that would make it worth giving your life for? Uh, my answer is, what is a cause? Some ephemeral moral victory? No. But the people here, I could see myself taking that step for them. <sighs> Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anyone you wish were here? Why aren't they? I don't have anybody left except the people here. And then five, uh, what do you have to lose if the resolution fails? What do you have to gain if it succeeds? Depends on how it all shakes out. We all stand to lose a lot. Nezumi talks about the freedom we stand to gain. If I'm honest, I don't know what I'd do with it if I had it. Hmm. Okay. Great. <laughs> we all dread following up after Zach because Zach is just real good. No, it's fine. I, I got you. I, I am playing aforementioned Vi Dumarsh. No pronouns. Vi only. Vi is Vi. Uh, Vi is uh, the wild card. Uh, no description. Don't. Don't try. Um, <laughs> it won't end well for you, Sabriel. <laughs> immediately making eye contact across the country at Sam. I have no idea what you're talking about. Sam, <laughs> Sam and I are both vibing with it, but I'm, I'm looking at Sabriel going, don't you fucking dare. Um, Except uh, from underneath the fucking... Vi's <laughs> uh, virtue is game-changing. But Vi's vice is fickle. Uh, relationships uh, with Nezumi are... Uh, the Vi's relationship with Nezumi is shared secrets. Uh, with Cordelia is devoted. Vi knows why Vi is devoted. Can't can't stop, won't stop. Uh, with Galador is reluctantly cordial. And with Sabriel, as proven in the last game, is untrusting. It's well earned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, why am I here? Necessity. Do I think the re- the revolution will succeed? Potentially. The possibilities of what success entails in this particular case are boundless. Succeeding may not be exactly what Sabriel and the others expect it to be, but, and I begrudgingly admit this, 
they'll find a way to make it work for them. Is this a cause I'm willing to die for? If not, is there something that would make it worth giving your life for? No, but I'm already dead. There's very little that can be done to me that's worse than what I've already experienced. Man, I got fucking trapped in that. I got trapped in that fucking uh, anomaly investigation thing. There's not much that's worse than that. There's really not. Um, is there anyone you wish were here? Why aren't they? I have, uh, yes is written down, but it has been struck, uh, struck out. No, I will not elaborate. No, <laughs> there's, there's nobody. There's nobody that I wishes was here. What do you have to lose if the revolution fails? What do you have to gain if it succeeds? There are secrets of mine that even I do not remember. To have those exposed would be not calamitous exactly, but ruinous. It's a different scale. As for what to gain, well, possibilities are endless. And I will be uh, playing Galador Enderwall, uses Blade self pronouns, and Blade's role is the muscle. Blades kind of looks 40s-ish, average height, but somewhat broad. Eye patch over Blades' right eye, messy dark hair. Uh, kind of think Oded Fair, Circa the Mummy, but a little older and a little broader. Also, there's a just like a small thread of white hair at uh, one temple. Blades' virtue is measured, and Blades' vice is vengeful. Uh, Galador's relationship with Nesemi is mutually beneficial. Uh, with Cordelia is strained. Uh, with Vi, reluctantly cordial. And with Sabriel, uh, Blade is devoted slash romantic. Who knows if that's the right order or not. It's about the same, I would say. Valid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, why are you here? I would follow the compass, Sabriel, into any kind of battle. This one is no different. Do you think the revolution will succeed? If I have my way, we will emerge victorious without taking heavy losses, and our allies, including Nezemi and Vi, will remain unharmed. Is this a cause you're willing to die for? If not, is there something that would make it worth giving your life for? The cause is secondary. The thing that truly matters is Sabriel's life, and I would give mine to protect it. Is there anyone you wish were here? Why aren't they? No. If we have to make a stand here, I'm satisfied with the allies we have. And uh, what do you have to lose if the revolution fails? Uh, what do you have to gain if it succeeds? Uh, the conflict is all or nothing. If it fails, Sabriel is gone and I have nothing. If it succeeds. And uh, Galador kind of trails off. All right. Good Everyone, shit. all y'all listening, I want you to, here's what I want you to do. I want you to pause the podcast. I want you to write down who you think dies at the end. <laughs> and then I want you to resume and see if you're right at the end. Let us know. <laughs> we have planned nothing to be clear. We, yeah, we have no plans. But I want you to just, just from hearing It's that, karma, so. Just, just from hearing that, who do you think is going to make it out of this alive? <laughs> Vote now on your phones, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> <laughs> you could even tweet it to us with the FCL cast hashtag. That's what I was, that's, that was what I Call was. Call to action. Tell us about it. Um, yeah. Yep. Okay, great. Let's move on. So let's get into play. Hell yeah. Let's do it. Um, each of us will get 
uh, four scenes that will play out. Uh, each scene, a another player who's not in the scene, uh, or if for some reason we're doing all five of us, another player who's in the scene that's not uh, the the owner of the scene will get to introduce a complication, and the player who's seen that it is will roll. Uh, to see whether they overcome the complication or not. And you can influence your role by using your karma die. Um, if you want to have better karma later and the failure is more interesting to you, you can roll a negative die along with the uh, regular role. Or if you want to kind of push yourself towards uh, succeeding at the complication, you can bet your karma later, making it a little worse for uh, what happens at the end. And in that way, you can kind of influence your fate as you play. So uh, we're also doing this with a twist. We have a list of Firebrand's minigames at our disposal, which we can use for adding some flavor to our scenes as we play through so yeah the idea was sort of like if you are struggling to figure out what you want to do for the scene you can pull on one of the firebrands games to help give it shape you aren't obliged to follow the specifics or the exact specifics of said minigame yep all right so sam okay. our poor little meow meow put at the first of the turn order our scrungly do this to me <laughs> I have a great idea for my scene that I'm very excited about. That Write is it down exciting. So you don't forget. <sighs> oh, I'm not going to forget. Don't you worry. <laughs> well, in that case, if you if you think that it would be really good for starting us off, then maybe we can just no. throw the turn no, order I don't. out. <laughs> okay. I actually, I no, legitimately, I don't. I was thinking Perfect. about it. I was like, maybe I could just, I was going to like at Sam and I was going to be like, here's a thought. And then I was like, you know what? No, I want this to be my scene. I want it to be late in the first round. Okay. Nice. Cool. Mood. <sighs> I forgot to put thought into what I was going to, how I was going to start. Um, be like that sometimes. It's like, I'm looking at the Firebrands things right now and I'm just thinking. Oh. <sighs> So here's the thing. A chase and a dance mm -hmm. are always good, and I'm very interested to see what kind of complications we can throw in to uh, either of those things. Dance. Yeah, I was thinking a dance uh, with Galador, because, uh, I mean, yeah. Where are we dancing, and would That's there a be a question. possibility of other characters being there? Who's playing the music? Um, I think it's coming from a little like Magitech speaker thing. It's like a it's like a crystal that's like floating, and the sound <laughs> quality is terrible. Oh, of course it is. Like playing music off your cell phone. <laughs> exactly. Sounds like garbage. <laughs> exactly. Yes, I think that this is a quiet moment. Uh, they're in some back room somewhere, it's dingy, it's kind of horrible, but there's people that are, there's a couple of people milling around, it's definitely, it's late at night, it's one of those times where, you know, everybody's a little bit just deliriously tired, and there's music playing off this little dingy, like this little, you know, tinny, crackly speaker thing, and... Oh, I get to ask my chosen partner how the two of us came to be dancing together. Thank fuck, I don't have to think of it. 
I think it's one of those things where, you know, the tensions have been running so high that somebody just randomly is like, fuck it, and pulls someone else up to dance to the music. And that gives Sabriel the opportunity. Or actually, I think it might be more interesting if Galador is the one who, like, pulls Sabriel up. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Just because it's character growth. Yeah. I think at first, Sabriel is, like, a bit taken aback, but is also like, fuck it, whatever, it's the end of the world. Uh, what do we notice about each other? Mm. <laughs> it's, like, already hurting my heart. Um, I think what you notice about Sabriel is just, in this moment, in Galador's arms, they're maybe the calmest they've been in a long, long time. And I think it's pretty impossible for Sabriel not to notice how just tired Galador looks. Um, during the dance, anyone can ask questions or details about the setting, occasion, and circumstances. Uh, conducting the dance, we take turns asking each other questions. Each of us gets to ask the other two questions, taking turns, and then the dance ends. The worst dancer asks the first question, or else have another player choose who asks the first question at whim. I don't think either of them is very good at dancing. So. Yeah, I don't think so either. So somebody tell <laughs> somebody us who pick. starts. Sabriel's worse. Ga yeah, like Sabriel's uh, obviously worse. <laughs> Galador's at least like. I was gonna say Galador was worse. So that's funny. That's Galador's, Galador's like a sword. Yeah, oh, physically coordinated. Person. And like has that's like oh, full true. control that's of true. Blade's limbs. At that's all totally fair. Yeah, Sabriel does not have full control of his limbs. So You're dancing a scarecrow around the room, bud. <laughs> yeah. Are Cordelia and Desimi in a corner judging this? They don't have no. to be. I just think yeah. it would be funny. No. No, Cordelia doesn't uh hang out uh in like the the hideout. That's fair. D that yeah, Nez that makes sense. Nesmi is busy. <laughs> Vi's not so here, so... That's so valid. Oh, it's just us then. Um, well, it's you and, and Horatio and uh, Tilly and... Yeah. Our buds. Methuselah. Methuselah. Yep. Great name. TT is there. So, I guess uh, I get to ask the first question. Yep. Something about me catches your eye and your look lingers. What is it? Gosh. Uh, I think... I think it's honestly, like, your hair... Because I'm pretty sure your green streak is completely gone by this point. And, like, I don't think any of us have had the time to to focus on that kind of thing. And so, like, there's a little bit of sadness in my eyes as I look. Because it's, like, it's a way that I know that you used to kind of assert control. And you haven't been able to do that. And things are running to the end so fast. So... Um, let's see. Some of these leading questions I know the answer to. <laughs> <laughs> is the way that it is. Yep. Um, you may at this moment in the dance place your hand upon my elbow, my shoulder, my waist, or my hip. Which do you choose? Um, I choose the waist. I definitely, it's a, it's a comfortable thing. It's, it's peaceful. And I think you put, I think I put both hands on your waist. Is this like a slow dance and we're just like swaying together? 
this isn't like my one of the questions. This is just asking for detail, but no, this is just like a yeah. I think I think so. I think it maybe started maybe the first song that was on started as as more of like an upbeat thing, but I kind of like the idea that it's sort of radio. Mm-hmm. That it that it's that it's just sort of it, the next song that came up was slower, so we're just sort of swaying at this point. I've um, thought of a complication. Oh no! What is the complication? I also have thought of a complication. Yeah, oh, we have complications too. <laughs> Fun. All right. So, um, do we do we want to wait until the dance is done for the complication, or do we want to potentially ooh. interrupt the dance with it? It's not ve- It's not much of a complication if it can't even interrupt a dance, August. Yes, mm-hmm. that's okay. true. <laughs> All right. So, somebody throw a complication out. Let me. I'll throw the. Do you uh, do you want to throw it out, Jade, or shall I? Throw no, it out? feel free. You take it. So I'm checking the rules on rolling really quick. I almost forgot oh, yeah. we were also playing Karma. <laughs> yep. Um. Okay. So here's what happens. The lights go out. Ooh. And just the 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 only light left in the room is just the glow of the little crystal that's left on a positive outcome it's just a a breaker tripped on a negative outcome well we'll probably see the repercussions of it down the line Mm. nice and that's your role so maybe it's a little early for sabotage but you know (laughs) we can matt can throw in a little sabotage as a treat little treat (laughs) it's never too early for sabotage but yeah, Sam. Roll 2d6 and hope you get a 7+. plus. Or you can choose to add a die if you want it to be a positive outcome. Nah, or... I'll just roll 2d6. Alright, your karma pool will stay the same. No worries. I got a 7! Ooh, I got a 1 and a Woo. 6. Hmm. <laughs> okay, so it was just a... Uh, uh... Just a break. Uh, there's like a moment where like you pause because like you can't see anything, and then who is it funny to have it be? Uh, Tilly just like shouts from another room, "Breaker tripped! Hold on, I got it!" And then there's like a crash, and it's like, "Oof! Ow! We gotta clear this back room out a little bit more, boss." <laughs> um, it, we'll have time later. I hope. Or did somebody get on that? I don't know. I don't have time. The, 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 <laughs> and the lights, the, the, one of the lights flickers back on. Not all of them do. Nice. The dance continues. Um, I lose my place in the dance. Do you let me stumble or do you draw me back into place? Um, I do not let you stumble. I, in fact, draw you a little closer and just kind of. I don't know. I'm trying to think. I think Sabriel would recognize that the tone is a little teasing, even though though it doesn't sound much different when Galador says, you needn't be so clumsy. If I wasn't clumsy, how would you know it was me? Galador rolls Blade's eye and just kind of smiles a little. Um... Sorry. Uh, let's see. Sabriel. Oh, that's right. You get one more question. Yep. At this moment in the dance, you laugh. At what? 
Hmm. I think I think a song comes on that reminds us both of of a much simpler time, and I think that that just makes me chuckle and go. Do you remember the first time we heard the song? Early, when we were young and idealistic, says Sabriel, the most idealistic person in this fucking group. Yeah, true. In the world, <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> were. Well, I'm still quite young, and you're still quite idealistic. And again, it's that teasing tone. <laughs> well, together, that makes... <sighs> One whole revolutionary. <laughs> and I think Sabriel, like, leans his chin on top of Galador's head. Aww. <sighs> Alright, once the... Dan- uh, once every dancer has asked two questions, uh... The dance ends. Um, I think maybe it's not my scene, but I I would like to suggest that we fade out on that image. Yeah, I like that too. That's a good game. There's a reason we keep coming back to Firebrands, yo. It's true. (laughs) And Karma. There's a reason we keep coming back to Karma. It's true, Mm -hmm. yeah. Two great tastes Um, taste great together. Word. This is my scene. I'm going to leave this open to Vi and Cordelia, one or both, as you like. Uh, Feel free to use a conversation over food as framing slash inspiration if required. Um, That's what I'm looking at, but this is like Nezemi has emerged from Fair Bunker, as it were. It's not really a bunker. It is just a basement to um get something to eat and gone to like one of the the small kitchenette and has like probably got water on to to make some instant noodles because I have some in the cupboard right now and that's what popped into my head first. Paint the pitch, I suppose like the kettle is the boiling. Um or the water's heating up a shit. And uh Nesmi is in the habit of only turning like one light on in a room. Uh, so there's always patches of shadow. Faye's been in that habit for a while, for obvious reasons, and it's one that even when Vi wasn't around and isn't around when off doing whatever it is Vi does, it's always there. So it's like maybe like those little under cabinet lights on, but like the overhead light isn't. So there's like big patches mm. of shadow. Nezemi looks terrible. <laughs> um like eyes are a little sunken like deep shadows uh making no attempt to hide the gray that's coming in and i think in the dim light of this kitchen you would be able to see that the cybernetic implants are a much sort of more intermittent with their way they light up than they used to be. And 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 um, I what, what room is this in? This is just a little kitchenette in a part of the of this particular building. I think it's the same building that Galador and Sabriel are currently in. Mm. The like hideout, the the safe house. Yeah. Uh, I think Nezemi hears the window slide open and Cordelia is like kind of perched in it 
like just fully balanced feet on the windowsill. Uh, like she was just coming in through the window and says, wow, you need to get more sleep. <laughs> Nesmi opens a cupboard, pulls out an extra packet of noodles, um, preparing to add it to the pot. Just like, so I've been told. I'll, uh, I'll take it under advisement. Rips open the packet. Yeah, I mean, you're the smart one. You should know this kind of stuff. Smart enough to know how much sleep I need to function. Mm. <laughs> Delia, like, waves a hand in front of uh, Fair Face. It gets smacked. <laughs> mm. To a certain definition of function, I suppose. Let's out the suffering sigh of somebody who knows they're not going to win the argument, uh, so isn't going to waste the energy trying. Uh... Where's, uh... Is everyone else? Yeah. Our compass. And they, there's a slight mocking derision in the way he faces it. As mm. gestures off behind. I had music playing a little bit ago. Morale building, so I can only assume. Galador is nearby. Yeah. Uh, Mac, do we know Vi's back in town yet no i have an idea cool i'm waiting right. for the i'm waiting for the right moment excellent well i got uh i got a um reading of uh electrical fluctuations in the building so i need to make sure that we're not getting siphoned i think tilly said it was just a breaker but uh yeah but tilly's not an electrician neither are you i've done electrician things before <laughs> you just get a side eye or, and it's with the all black eye so it's a little bit unsettling um i think cordelia furnish as well even if i wasn't an electrician i've put siphons on people's power line if you don't know what to look for you might not see it mm. you should eat first or take it with you pokes the noodles I'm going to add a detail here, mm -hmm. which is that both of you feel a presence in the hall behind you, and then it lingers for a moment, and then it vanishes again. Then Cordelia's head like snaps to look at it, but there's nothing there. Here's a second detail. Cordelia, Vi has been avoiding you. <laughs> sure. I don't even know that Cordelia... Knows Vi at the moment. No. That's possibly why Vi is avoiding Cordelia. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's exactly why Vi is avoiding Cordelia. Nezumi, Vi is avoiding Cordelia. Mm. Oh, is this sort of the feeling? Would Nezumi recognize that presence and, re and be able to intuit why it suddenly was not present? Yes. Oh, yes. The, it, it's a familiar, you know that yeah. presence. That yeah, I think Cordelia knows it too, but she doesn't understand why or how. Yeah. When you do the snap round, I was like, it's Vi. Doesn't elaborate. It's fine? Vi. 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 Uh, just keep it warm. Uh, I'll be back. 
and Cordelia trots back to the to the power breaker room. I'd like to introduce a complication. Please. There's a knock at the door. If hmm, I'm trying to think of the best way to to make this interesting. Mm-hmm. Like positive outcome, it's somebody else in the the safe house coming bearing some good news negative outcome it's uh somebody bearing some bad news which might be secret tool that will be useful later we'll see (laughs) all right i'll just roll flat 2d6 and and see what happens i think both of these actually no i could drop a die no i'll just i'll let i'll let the dice find it they'll know all right. It's a positive outcome. It's a nine. It's a nine. I don't want to. I don't want to lean on Tilly too much. So, um, I think one of the other names you suggested, Zachary, was Methuselah. Sure. I was going to make up a new name too, if we needed. Okay. One. Yeah, make up a new name. I used all of my good naming juju on my my current writing project. So, um, Randall. 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 Wicked. Randall. Yeah, so it's Randall at the door, um, looking a little out of breath, and is just like Mix Mix Cazell, I've I've got some 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 news for you. Well, get inside and tell me what it is. And just closes the door uh, behind them, and just ushers them in. And uh, they let themselves be ushered, and out of breath, just start outlining. You know, we found some activity at the perimeter and uh, we were able to misdirect them away but we were also able to scan some of their communications and get more information about the troop movements you see um, yeah no I like this I mean I like this flick of fair wrist and a small like holographic thing sort of pops up and they taps in the information um, and you see it sort of like gets siphoned off into uh I'm bad at visualizing right now, but like the information gets like pinned on the digital cork board, as it were, where everyone can access it. It's like a communal information sharing thing. The Trello. Sorry, the fantasy Trello. <laughs> fantasy, yeah. Sci fantasy Trello. The Sci Fantasy Trello. Yeah. Excellent. Understood. <laughs> <sighs> Fucking <laughs> episode title <laughs> Jesus um but yeah uh, alright um they uh Faye sends uh Randall off to rest up or whatever and like share the information relieve whoever they're meant to relieve and uh adds a little bit uh Goes back to the stove, puts the heat back on to finish making up stuff, and then siphons off a little of the broth and like sets it aside on the counter and then flicks off the under cabinet light and um just says to the now totally dark room, I'm never quite sure if you eat per se, but that's there if you want it. I'm going to go make sure Cordelia doesn't pass out. I gotta know, does Vi take the broth? Vi's not there. Oh. 
Vi left. Vi left. Not like left. the Vi Vi didn't leave the building. Vi is is present in the building, but Vi is not in the room. Vi did not hear that. Mm. That's mm. fair enough, but it's there. And I think maybe more so and this I think was true uh back in uh Conchertas is Nezami is well in the habit of talking to Vi as if I can hear her. Not necessarily a healthy habit, but it's a habit nonetheless. <laughs> so. And knowing that Vi's now around, it's there. So. Yeah. And I think that can be seen, because otherwise these scenes can get real long. <laughs> real long. It's August, and I just wanted to thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed us, please consider leaving a rating on your podcast platform of choice, telling your friends about us, or tweeting about us using the FTLcast hashtag. We are also part of a nonprofit podcasting guild called Standing Stones Productions. We do a variety of shows, including The Room Where It Happened and Dumb Kids Playing Hero, two actual play shows, and a Steven Universe discussion podcast called Gay Space Rocks. We also do live streams at twitch.tv slash standingstonesprod. You can keep up with everything that we do on Twitter at stones underscore standing. Unfortunately, Standing Stones was already taken. Your support means a lot. Thanks again!